Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production, being recorded live from Orlando, Florida. Joining me this week is repeat guest and friend, Mr. Lou Lita from Digital Video and Consulting. Happy New Year and good to be here. Happy 2021, or I'm not sure, sure. if it's happy, well, but... Well, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that. So we're in Orlando. We, we had a beginning of the year uh, job, a virtual golf remote. There's actually two going on in two cities back to back, which makes my life very complicated. I can't, I, we tried to do one crew to do two cities, two days in a row. There's just not enough flights right now to mm -hmm. get a late flight out of Orlando into Houston. So I had to split the crew, had to split the gear. And of course, and this is always the case, and this is why I hate the end of the year. When you work with corporate clients, Starting around the, the 20th of December, people start checking out mm -hmm. and you cannot get any responses from anyone, regardless of the immediacy of work that will happen come January 1 or you know the next business day. And then they'll be expecting immediate response. Oh, they always expect immediate response. So I had to do my best to anticipate all of the things that I had no answers to, like whether we could test, you know, connectivity at these golf courses where we're doing live streaming. Mm, just a minor point. Or, you know, whether we could get on the schedule, whether we could, you know, get a, um, a schedule of events for the day. So all of these things came together at the very, very last minute, which makes for very complicated logistics and planning and reasons why I have no hair. <laughs> so... Aside from that, um, and the fact that I had to split uh, equipment in two cities, I decided to experiment with some new options in equipment for this upcoming season. And the, the goal was to really to replace the, I've been trying to replace the small sensor P2 cameras that we use on the glide cams and the steady cams, just because it doesn't match the look of the big sensor varicams and the long cinema lenses like we're using for the rest of the reds jobs. or Aeroflex or Aries. Yeah, we've used a combination of cameras, but you know the the problem is that the the little sensor cameras, while they're great and they look decent, they don't match the varicams. So I've been trying to really for probably two years come up with a solution. And I thought maybe the C300 was going to be the solution, but mm -hmm. it was a little too big to really get on the the glide cam without a lot of complicated... Mm, and it's very vertical. It is very vertical. And, and so I never really had a good solution. And I noticed that Canon in September announced this C70, which sort of piqued my interest as a candidate for the glide cam camera option and it wasn't going to be released you had a pre-order and wasn't sure we you know i was going to be able to get one or not and i didn't really want to spend the money wasn't sure about it it's it's an odd camera in that it's small but it's not as small as a dslr like a g you know gh5 
or any of the new Canon mm-hmm. mirrorless cameras. And it doesn't have SDI. And not that that's a game changer, but it's kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest. I've never been a fan of the HDMI cable. It doesn't lock. It it tends to break. And it's, it's, it's just, it's not reliable. It's not. And, and it's, it's hard to integrate it in when you have other SDI-based equipment. Right. It's just a pain. So I decided to rent... And actually, the reason, to be honest, was I got a 20% discount code from Lens Pro to go right around the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe if they have the C70, I use this opportunity to rent it, try it out on this remote, being that I needed to add a camera to the um, to the package. I didn't have enough in-house to do it with my own gear. So I, I was going to get something. It was going to be you know, another P2 camera or, or whatever. So I said, mm-hmm. oh, let me try the C70. So I ordered it as a rental from Lens Pro. It came in between Christmas and New Year's. I ordered it with a um, a Metabones adapter, which is an R to EF adapter. The RF mount, I think it's called RF or R, the Canon mm. mount now. I don't have any native lenses. I figured... Well, if the adapter, it's a speed booster adapter, I decided to to get it, test it out, and then use it on this job and and evaluate it. And the reason that I like the Canon camera is for the dual pixel autofocus. And you, as the owner of my secondhand uh, C300 camera, I actually paid to have that camera upgraded after the fact, to the dual pixel autofocus. And I, and I love it. It's very, very good. It's only gotten better over time. And for us on these golf remotes, we we, we can't do follow focus. It's just not mm. physically viable. So having a camera that can do face detection, track to focus, do it well, would be a game changer. Mm-hmm. So all of these things pointed me to try out the C70. Okay, great. Get the camera in, got the discount, all good stuff. And then I did some testing with it. I used my 16 to 35 uh, 2.8 lens, mm-hmm. which becomes an F2 lens, you know, with the, right, with right, the booster. Right. And I also. And does it become wider? Yeah. Wow. Becomes an 11 instead of a 16. Wow. So, and then I have a, a 24 to 70 lens. So I brought those two lenses with the kit tried it out at home, worked great in my testing. Now, granted, and this is really a question of, you know, how thorough a test can you do? And I think, you know, the more comfortable you become in your ability to sort of scramble, I think we sometimes, I know I do this, I might take the foot off the accelerator a little bit on the thoroughness of the test. So I did test it. I, I shot it around my house. I did some face tracking. I recorded. I, mm-hmm. I had no issues with the camera. So here we are, it, January 5th. We are flying, you know, basically the day after, the first business day after the new year, mm-hmm. and pack everything up. You know, it's a small crew. It's limited bags that we can carry on. So, you know, we had to plan carefully what we could take, get down here. And we actually came in ahead of you. You had, um, 
a work obligation that forced you to fly later in the day than we I would be I, normally. I did, I did, and you know, I was, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts about, you know, you make a commitment to a client. It's sometimes you, there's a little wiggle room. Not in this particular instance. I was, uh, my head was swirling a little bit, you know, prior to the that day because I had to use some of the gear we needed on that shoot. I had to minimize what I was bringing on the plane. Keeping yeah, everything. we're, we're going to get to your equipment package okay. in a minute. But so you didn't come in for the test, the tech rehearsal test. Mm-mm. And again, we were comfortable with that because, again, you're seasoned and we've been through this many, many times. But the other Lou and I flew early in the morning, first flight out, got into Orlando, basically came straight to the golf course and started to do a test. We wanted to test cellular. We wanted to test the uh, the two different units we're using with the Live View and the Intonor. And of course, I was using the C70 to do our, our test. And the C70 was going to be the B camera on mm-hmm. this job. And the A camera was going to be your EVA 1. Mm-hmm. And of that, that was with you. So the only right. camera I had to do the test was the C70, which again, we were really just trying to test cellular connectivity. And the image was the image. So... I, I build the camera and plug it in and everything's working, HDMI into the live view unit. But I noticed that the aperture is doing this weird auto ramping up and down. And I can't stop it. I can't stop it from, you know, basically flashing the aperture. And I don't know why it's doing it. Mm. And I I was going through my menus, seeing if I turned something on that I had anticipated. And again, not fully knowing the depth of all the menus. I mean, it is a little bit like the C300, but not exactly. It's Mm -hmm. got more options. But I didn't see anything in there that would cause this to happen. And I was a little concerned. It's about, I would say it's about three o'clock in the afternoon now, and I'm still not able to get this camera to put out basically a clean image it's flickering the aperture and i'm like and you're worried that i'm gonna make the flight yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> all, all all kinds of you know logistics so i have to make a very quick decision now as to whether i go back to the hotel and try to make this camera work and you know it's funny i had a problem like this going back to my gh5 system when I first got it because I also put a Metabones Metabones, adapter on that camera to put EF lenses. And I had a similar issue with that adapter where it needed a firmware update. And I was like, it's a friggin' adapter. How like but it has a hidden like USB port and you can, you know, plug a cable into your computer and you can do a firmware update. But the problem was I didn't have my computer with me in Orlando because which the, is rare. I mean, that's it is a, rare, but uh, it's we didn't have enough hands to carry more gear. I didn't have any room mm. to put the laptop and the laptop accessories in, or the espresso machine. Right, no espresso machine. <laughs> Starting at life the, is a struggle. Struggle. So I decide. Let me let me spend a few minutes just trying to see if that might be the issue, even though I had no way to rectify it. And I got back to the hotel. I, I re- actually reset the whole camera and for a brief moment thought it was fixed. And I wasn't really comfortable with the the position I was going to be in if it 
if we went out to shoot day. But now it's it's four o'clock, day before the shoot. So I called our friend Tom Chartran. I said, "Hey, do you have?" A, I was under the impression he had a small P2 camera like the 270 that I own, and I was going to have him just FedEx it down to me as a backup. And he said, "No, I don't. I got rid of those cameras. I don't have them." And you're already in the air, and there's no way to, you know, get another camera mm. from anyone that I knew. So I decide to call my long time. Uh, rental partner VER, who I'll be honest, has screwed me over more times than I care to recount. They're just convenient, or they have been convenient because they're in so many cities that we do jobs in. We've mostly used them for batteries and tripods. Occasionally, we were using them for lenses, mm, cameras, and cameras. But it, it really, they just got hard to work with. So. But I knew they were in Orlando, so I make a call, talking to the guy. He's like, technically, we're closed. It's like 4 o'clock. He goes, technically, we're closed, but I, I might be able to help you out. Way to go out of your way, pal. So he checks inventory. They have no small cameras. They have nothing that's going to be suitable for this job. I'm like, oh. And then he, he threw me a lifeline in the sense that he said, oh, there's a couple of other rental houses in town that might have something. And he threw out this name called Rentex. Rentex. I guess it's like FedEx, Rent-X. but Rentex. All right. That's clever. So I had never heard of them. I looked them up. I called the local office. I explained my situation. And the guy's like, well, let me see what we... He goes, it's a new year. We just switched our inventory system over. I'm not sure if I can trust it. I don't know if we have the camera here or not. Let me go look. Because they had a CX-350, which is a mini P2 camera that I just purchased myself. And we have been using. And I've been using, and I've been happy with it. So I figured, beautiful, that'll work with the batteries that we have and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So he goes, and he checks, and he calls me back, and he goes, you know, we do have it. But the problem is that, you know, you're not in our system, so... I don't know that we have time to do all of the paperwork. And I said, I'll be honest, I don't think I can get you a certificate of insurance even in time for you to process this order. And he goes, well, let me talk to my boss and see if we can, you know, work this out. And luckily, and this is a shout out to John at Rentec, they they got basically approval to charge the whole camera's value on my credit card as a hold, and then rent me the camera. I was able to go pick it up at 5.30 on you know the night before the shoot and basically saved the shoot, saved my bacon. So uh, props to them. When I went there, they have a beautiful facility. They're in just as many cities as VER. Maybe a new sponsor. So they are my new go-to rental house when I'm you know mm. needing gear. So shout out to them. So recovered from that crisis and then on the other side in your universe you were also experimenting with some new gear again trying to make the product better we've had some issues with you know the glide cam rig and hooking it up with all of the accessories Mm. the audio we kind of we kind of pushed the limits with our previous glide cam 
Right, right. So you tell me about the what you were trying to do in your universe with your new Glidecam rig at the end of the year. Well, I've been a loyal, loyal um, fan of Glidecam. I would say we have an unbreakable bond. You know, I've almost I think I've purchased almost every product they make at this point. Their Vista Track, their Jib, several of their previous Glidecams. Um, and you know, a shout out to my guy there, Tom Howie, who again, this is this is an uh, a case where having a friend, uh, an associate, an ally in a company that can really deliver for you, it it does it does provide and and uh, offer a loyalty from both sides. So you know, he's very familiar with the work, with the process. I keep him in tune with what we do, and he had been telling me for a while about their X forty five, which is their their big boy. Uh, Glide cam, steady cam, you know, that's 44, 45, whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Um, and, you know, it will support every camera, you know, from from a 10 pound, which is probably the level of, the, of what we have been using to up to 45 pound reds, Aries, um, Vericams, whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, I had made the purchase. Um, we tried to get that unit before we had done the jobs in California last month, but it just couldn't happen. So I had taken delivery last week of this unit and much like you kind of put it through it through its paces out in the parking lot outside of my condo. And and it was great. You know, I had set up um, the Eva on it and, you know, walked backwards and forwards and noticed the difference and had set up a uh, Atomos uh, monitor, which was my big concern, because when you're using a unit like this, you're not using a viewfinder. The LCDs aren't ideal outdoors. Um, so you really need a high res, high high knit, high knit monitor. Um, I've been called load knit before <laughs> and nitwit. Yes. Um, so that was my concern, and and we didn't have time to order a new one. So there was a little bit of a gamble as to whether I would be able to focus and, and see. see. You know, it's just a minor technicality when it comes to shooting footage. Um, you know, my main concern was really focus. Um, on these jobs because you're outside, you're it's bright, you're trying to stay steady, you're walking backwards, you're strapped into a unit. It feels like you've been in bondage by the end of the day. Strapped in and bondaged. Mm, wow. Right, so that might be an edit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, boop, retake. Um, so, you know, my concern was focus, you know, and again, we are sort of staying socially distanced from our subjects. Um, so I'm basically riding somewhere between six feet and infinity and using a 16 to 35 lens shooting at like an F8. I figure there's enough wiggle room there where I'm not going to really be in trouble. But, you know, you never really I had to crank the, the brightness up on this Atomos and it turned out to be OK, but not for critical focus. So, you know, I guess everything turned out. I didn't hear anybody yelling in my ear. No, but again, back to my um, my problem in testing. Obviously, I didn't really run it through a thorough test. I think we experienced a little bit of the same thing with the setup on the glide cam rig. Like you tested it, probably not thoroughly enough. Right. And we got to you know the course in the morning on shoot day. And we're trying to figure out some of the cabling. And cabling, some of the power. Like we didn't have the right power cable to the Limo connector that would have made the powering more elegant running off of our PAG batteries, which was all part of the main reason to buy this unit. You can support two uh, gold mount plates on it and D-taps and Limos. There's three B and C connectors, but there's no XLR. 
um, and we needed to put a wireless uh, receiver on it. Now that turned out to work fine with Electrosonics and that had a power uh, configuration that worked. So we, you know, we were learning and what's good and bad, what maybe needs a modification. And I've already spoken to Glidecam and, and I think they're gonna be able to kind of customize some of this for us. And again, what we do with Glidecam is not the norm. I mean, most people, maybe NFL and some sports, you know, PGA certainly will, will have a Glidecam operator or Steadicam operator running for six, seven hours. And it is demanding in the body and the mornings are cold, the afternoons are hot and you're trying to dress accordingly. Um, for bondage. For bondage or whatever it may be. Um, what were we talking about? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, these kind of applications are very niche. So I, I almost feel like I'm providing some insight for future products or modifications to existing products. In a, in a normal year, and we've done this many times, we'll actually take three days. We'll go to a golf course and we'll test out new gear. We tried to do this with the Ronin right. at one point, yep. and we've tried it a couple times. So in a normal non-COVID year, we would go and spend time and try to flesh out before having to mm. do a real job. We would try to flesh out all of the incompatibilities, all the things that we didn't think about. Mm. Plus, it, it, it buys us time for the, the missing antenna or a broken cable or a battery configuration or any number of things. I mean, all the parts and pieces we have, it's insane. And it's invariably something gets left behind or put in a different case. A lot of times we're wrapping in the dark or somebody's got to catch a flight or there's bag limitations. So things get stuck in pockets and places that we frankly forget, you know, weeks later when we're back on the next job. Right, right. So we didn't have that opportunity to do the testing that we wanted to do. We made it work, though it wasn't pretty, but we got the job done. I don't know what it goes to. It, it's just it's like a continuation of 2020s, you know, bad, bad juju. It's hey, like, but it's also still part of the production world that we live in, the X it, factors, the unknowns. It the is. It is part of our life, and it's, it is what it is. It's this week in production. Twip. It's Twip. <laughs> Pretty much. But we did, you know, it was nice to be in warm weather. We did get, you know, a couple of nice days here. We've been to Orlando in January and to it's do snowed. these events. And it's been cold more than it's been warm. We had one year that it snowed. Yeah. We've had we've had frost warnings. And, you know, you come with an anticipation of warm weather, but it's not guaranteed. They're certainly. not fooling me anymore. I packed uh, thermal underwear. I packed winter hats, extra gloves. Um, so, no, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you, too. Well, good for you on that. I didn't pack any of that stuff. I, I looked at the weather forecast. I saw it was going to be good. So I rolled the dice. See, I look at the lows. You're looking at the highs. Yes. I looked at the lose. <laughs> you got two of them. So, you know, even to the point where our corporate client one year decided we're not going back to Orlando because we've had so many bad weather right. circumstances. They went to California. They went to San Diego where it hardly ever rains or anything. And, and it rained. And it rained. You know, we, we just couldn't catch a break. But what was funny on that job, if you remember, we went out a couple of days early and we we took a, a 
vacation day. We golfed before the work event, and we had a beautiful, glorious day. Yes. And then the next day for the event, it rained, and it was miserable. And it was oh, it cold. was oh, it was. I we had baggies over the cameras. Yeah, and, yeah, that was not a. We we shot interviews. The post event interviews we shot under like a little roof overhang at the clubhouse. I remember. I think you had me go and shoot rain shots just to make because it was such a big yeah, part of the event. Yeah, because our our setup day we had some sunshine and we shot all of our B roll right and our beauty shots in the sun and then it was like raining on event day. So anyway, we're uh, we're heading back. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the next time we're going to be in person for one of these. Maybe not till June. We'll have to see what happens, but uh, good luck in 2021. Hopefully, things turn around. Well, I, I I certainly will have some time to work with the with the glide cam and perfect it. Although there's no replacing being on a job to really know how it's going to work. That's, because that's true. You know, you can. It's what do they say? Being game, you know, being shape, but then being game shape. It's it's a different mindset. It is. It is. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to try and update the firmware on the Metabones just for my own mm. knowledge and see if it fixes the issue. I think the real solution may be just to go with the new RF mounts, get you know new glass. Though I, I Again, I'm not sold on the C70 yet. I'm still considering it. Obviously, the mount is a problem. I did sell you all of my old glass. I bought two new lenses Mm -hmm. for my gh5 so i don't know what i'll do there i the canon also has a mount that probably doesn't have the issue with the stepping but again i'm not a hundred percent certain it's the mount i think it is but again a little more testing a little more research i'll update you guys on that status but until next time for this week in production i'm art aldridge i'm lulita and thank you for listening thank you Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.